You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us online uh, this morning. My name is Ryan. Uh, it's my privilege to be with you virtually. Um, I know maybe you did it already, but I would I would love it if you just throw in the comments um, that you're watching. Just say hi. Um, it's fun to kind of see the names and and get a sense of you know we're not in the room together. Um, but it's it's fun for me as I'm speaking to kind of imagine that you're there. You're such an encouraging church. You're such a. Uh, I was thinking about this as I was preparing that, like, you know, sharing here. I feel like is easy because we have a congregation that is just so ready and expecting and everything. Uh, good morning, Katerina. Share. Uh, I'm not seeing too many. Adam, Candice. So good to see you guys. Thank you for joining. Um, yeah, if you if uh, we haven't had the privilege of meeting before, my name again is Ryan. Uh, I'm on staff here at Harvest. I, I do kind of the some of the system stuff, and uh, I help Karen with some of the production here. I've been on staff for a while, and uh, it's my privilege to kind of kick off this new series that you've um, probably heard about that we're starting this morning: better decisions, fewer regrets. And I think it's uh, it's so timely, you know. Um, we just finished off our expansion series, which I hope you enjoyed. Hi, Tina, Paul. Um, hi, SLRJC is my rock. I think that's Charles. Great to see you all. Um, and last week, um, we actually made kind of a last-minute decision to postpone the start of this series by a week so that Pastor Roy could share what he did last week. And if you missed that kind of concluding message from the expansion series. I really want to encourage you to um, to check it out if you get a chance to. He really did, he did such a good job kind of wrapping up how we do church at Harvest. Um, and uh, I want to I kind of say how because, you know, there's a lot of churches on this planet and there's a lot of great churches and they're, they're sharing the gospel. And um, what's so cool about the, you know, the global church is that how we do things can be totally different, and that's that's okay. But and there's a unique way to how we do things here at Harvest that that I love, and uh, and he just shared that so um, so clearly, I think. And so it's it's just a great message if you, uh, especially if you're kind of new here, maybe you've just started joining us online, you haven't even been to the building, which I think is so cool. Um, it's a great message just to kind of get a sense for how do we do things at Harvest? How are we unique? Why is there a church called Harvest when there's these other churches? There are unique things to what we do. Um, and all that is just to say that I think this series is so timely because, you know, um, when last week, one of the things Pastor Roy talked about is, is giving of our time and our talents, like investing by volunteering, by joining our dream team. And uh, we've got a form you can fill out online to get information or to sign up for one of those teams. Um, but I was thinking as I was preparing this message about how, you know, our, our alignment leads us towards our God-given assignment. Um, and what I mean by that is oftentimes as, as Christians, or maybe it's just me, but I think a lot of us feel like, what, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Um, maybe you don't feel that way, but from conversations with people, I think most of us do at times. And, and I know what I feel is I want God to tell me what my assignment is. I want him to tell me, you are going to do this. This is going to be maybe your position or your role or something along those lines. 
But what I've discovered is that God doesn't do that. What, what happens is as we align ourselves with what God's doing, um, it will reveal where he wants to assign us. It will actually lead to our assignment. And, and you know, like, um, we're going to talk about decisions this morning, and you may be thinking, like, oh, there's so many big decisions we make. And that's true, but oftentimes it's the little decisions that we make. But, um, like, one of the decisions that my wife and I made a few years ago was for me to, to quit my job at a software company in Ottawa and, and come work here full-time at Harvest. And in thinking about that decision, you know, we didn't hear, like, God say, you're called to full-time ministry or, like, some, you know, there wasn't a burning bush or anything like that. It was more a sense that this is something God wanted to align our lives to. And so I, I guess I kind of want to transition from that expansion series and all that God is doing and we be, we're believing for at Harvest. And, and you may be wondering, where do I fit? And I want to encourage you that the decisions, the good decisions that we're going to make as a result of the series isn't necessarily these big, like, I'm going to make a job change or I'm going to make this big purchasing decision or something like that. It's the little alignment decisions that we can choose to make. And so I'm just excited about the series. I think it's so practical. I think, um, you know, making better decisions is something that can start changing your life today. And, you know, all of our messages are practical, but there's something about decision-making that is so, it's like compound interest in my mind. You know, if you start saving a little bit and you get compound interest, that adds up so quickly, right? If we can start to make little good decisions now, the impact of that over the course of our lives is just, it's like unimaginable at this point. Um, anyways, let me start. I want to start by reading Proverbs 27, verse 12. This is a verse that is kind of an overarching verse for the series. And then pray. So Proverbs 27, verse 12 says that the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Let me pray and then we'll jump into this. Oh God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for uh, the the opportunity that we have to gather in, what, in whatever way that we can right now, God. We want to be grateful for what we can do. I'm grateful for the team that's here with the cameras and all of the equipment so that we can have this stream so that we can connect as a congregation the best way we can right now. I just thank you for that, God. And uh, and right now, I just ask you to um, help me as I share what I feel you've put on my heart. God, help me to be articulate. But more than that, God, I just pray that there would be um, a supernatural anointing to what is shared this morning. And what I mean by that is that you would speak through me, God, and that people watching, they may not even hear what I say, but they're going to hear what you want to say to them individually, God, and that it would... Um, you know, pierce any defensiveness or any walls that we might be wanting to put up. Even right now, I just pray that, you know, the, the walls of distraction of like you're at home. And, and I know for me that can be hard to lean in. God, I just pray that that would be totally broken down this morning and that you would speak exactly what you want to and that it would impact our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so to illustrate this idea of decisions, you know, there's lots of big decisions, but I think what's very, very, um, you know, related to this is the idea of keeping a houseplant alive, <laughs> um, which may seem insignificant, but, uh, you know, we have some houseplants at home, and uh, every summer, my wife and I go out and we pick up some of those hanging baskets that you put outside, and, um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny now when we're driving around, Britt is always looking and like, look at their hanging baskets. They're so perfect. They're so like 
just like blooming and growing and looking so healthy. And for whatever reason, year after year, we have had a hard time <laughs> achieving that, you know, that valuable goal of keeping those um, hanging baskets alive. And, um, you know, they need things. They need sun and water and stuff like that, obviously. Um, but Britt said something uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. She kind of, you know, half joking, but was like, oh, man, I always kill kill our plants. And uh, and it was interesting. I, I kind of felt like, huh, there's there's something to that. And uh, it was interesting because what, what went through my mind is that, you know, you don't intentionally set out to kill a plant, right? If, if you go to the store and buy a plant, your intention is to keep it alive. Uh, you don't kill that plant intentionally. Um, but the reality is that by neglect, by a lack of intention, by maybe just forgetting to water it, the health of that plant is going to be diminished, right? And, and so weeks go by. When's the last time you watered the plant? I don't remember. Well, maybe that's, <laughs> that's why it's not doing so well, right? So um, I think that the decisions that we want to talk about in some ways are kind of similar to that, that yes, there are big decisions that we have to make in life, but I actually think that a lot of times those are the decisions that we process pretty well because we're aware of the impact that they have. But sometimes the smaller things and the things where our neglect isn't so obvious up front are the places where actually our good decisions can have the biggest impact on our life. And so looking at this verse from Proverbs 27, verse 12, it says, the prudent see danger. So the prudent here is, you know, you can think of someone that's like crafty, shrewd. They're very, very sensible. They're someone that is connecting the dots of impact. So there's someone that's thinking, if I don't water this plant today, it might be okay. But if I don't water it for a few days, there's an impact that's going to come. There's a danger, there's a, there's a lack of health that's going to come in the future that I need to do something about now. So what does the prudent do? They take refuge. They make a decision based on where they eventually want to be. And this is what this series is about, right, that we're kicking off this morning, is that we want to begin making decisions now about where we want to be in the future. So let's contrast that with the simple, just keep going, and they pay the penalty. So the simple is someone, they approach life like it's disconnected, like there, there aren't you know, consequences to, to what's going to happen. The, the simple is the person that's like, uh, you know, I'll... I water the plant tomorrow. It's not that big of a deal. Like that kind of idea where, you know, they, they don't have this sense of the significance of what we can do today on our future life, on our future whatever it is that God's leading us towards. So the series is about how can we be prudent? How can we see the danger and make decisions that lead us toward where we want to be? So our first point here, number one, is that our decisions will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. So, you know, obviously this is big decisions like our relationships and our jobs and things like that. But I think it's also the little decisions like how we spend our money and our time and, and what is our daily entertainment like. Um, and I want to give some of those seemingly smaller examples because I think over the long term, those can be some of the decisions that have the biggest impact. And... Um, I was thinking about how Satan, like the enemy of our soul, how he operates. And he's really, really crafty, you know. I, I've noticed in my life that when it comes to a, a big decision, I do have the tendency to go and seek good counsel and things like that. But when it comes to the smaller things, that's where Satan can distract us. And, and I think he is, is 
kind of smart enough, I think, to recognize that sometimes he's not going to stop that big decision. But if he can distract us in the little day-to-day -day decisions, he can derail us from our ultimate assignment. If we you know, become misaligned just a little bit here and there where we are almost not aware of the fact that we're, we're not aligned with what God wants to do, he knows that ultimately that's going to lead to us not being where God wants to assign us. And, and so we need to be so aware of those little decisions. And those little decisions have public outcomes. Um, Jesus said something along the lines of those things that we do in secret will be shouted to everyone at some point. And I think what he meant by that is, you know, sometimes we don't think of a decision like, like what do I entertain myself with or how do I spend my time at, at home as having an impact on our, on our daily life at our job or, or a long-term impact on, you know, where we're going to end up in life. But the reality is, Jesus was saying, those little things that we do that seem like they don't have an impact are actually the things that sometimes have the most significant impact on where we're going to end up. So, our decisions determine the direction and quality of both our houseplants and our lives, right? They're really important. Um, number two is that our decisions are our responsibility. It says number one on the screen. What is the deal? Maybe, maybe I gave the wrong thing. doesn't matter. Um, now, if, I think if you're like most people... When I say your decisions are your responsibility, the first thing that comes to mind is a defensive explanation as to why your decisions are not your responsibility. Uh, maybe when I said that you thought, but you don't know my parents, or you don't know how I was raised, or you don't know my boss, or um, you, know, you don't know my financial situation. And I know that that's true. I don't know those things about you. And so... It's true that I don't know the things that may be influencers on your decision. But if we are not willing to take responsibility for our decisions because of all of those reasons that, yeah, those are really valid influences. And I'll be honest, I think that I've been so blessed to be raised in a way that I don't, I don't feel like I have some of the influences on my decisions that a lot of people do. You know, whether it's financial or relational or something like that, things that influence our decisions. But at the same time, if, if, if we don't take the responsibility for those decisions, then we have to be willing to say that the direction of our life is also outside of our control. So if, if we relinquish the responsibility in our decisions, we're also relinquishing the direction of our lives to those people that are influencing it. And I know that that may be very hard, and those influences may be feel overwhelmingly huge in our lives when it comes to the decisions we're making. But I want to kind of challenge you to, to not allow yourself that out of saying, well, you know, I, I don't have an option in this. It's, you know, this is influencing me or this is impacting me or it's because of my boss or, or whatever it is that feels like such a, a strong influence. You know, Satan would love nothing less than for us to say, well, it's outside of, uh, I can't decide. But even if the decision is just how we respond in that difficult situation. And the decision we make may be just to say, God, I need your help. Even that is a decision where we're taking responsibility for what's happening. And even if it is out of our control, what we can do is say, I'm going to give it to God. And at least I'm saying, God, I'm going to give this to you, as opposed to just saying, I, I have no ability to control the direction of my life. And um, 
a personal example for me is um, <laughs> like I would love to have a what I would say a better prayer life, a better personal prayer life. And I guess for me, what I think about is just maybe the amount of time that I spend with Jesus on a day-to-day basis. And it's amazing how immediately when I think about that, I think about all of the reasons why it's okay that I don't have that. Right? (laughs) Like, I immediately unhook my responsibility for that decision. And I, for sure there's influences, and you know, for me, if I'm honest, it's, it's the kids, and they get up really early, so therefore it's outside of my control, right? And, and there's a level of influence there, but I still need to take responsibility for that decision and say, this is inside my control, and, and maybe it's still an okay decision, but I am recognizing that regardless of those outside influences, this is my decision, right? Um, So, number two, our decisions are our responsibility. As painful as that, I know, may feel like for some of you. All right, let's get into why we are doing five questions, which I think you've seen. And we're going to talk about question number one in a second here. So, number three is that there's a correlation between good questions and good decisions. Good questions and good decisions. And this series, um, starting today and the next few weeks, we're going to talk about five questions that are going to help you make good decisions. And um, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about horse blinders. Um, so if you don't know what a horse blinder is, um, it's this this kind of thing that they put, I think, on the bridle of a horse. And it comes out uh, beside the horse's eyes here. And it keeps the, the field of view of that horse becomes limited. Um, so I didn't realize this until I looked into it, but horses actually have like a 350 degree field of view. So they can basically see behind them. Um, so some race horses and some, um, you know, work horses, they have these blinders on. And the reason is that horses can be very easily spooked. And because they have a 350 degree field of vision, it's very easy for them to see something even behind them. It could even be their rider that distract them, distracts them from, from what's going on and it keeps them from going in a straight direction. So the blinders that us humans invented when we started domesticating these horses and using them is to keep the horse going that direction, right? And the reality is our brains work a lot like blinders on a horse. The truth is that our brains can can take in unbelievable amounts of sensory input, right? And our brain's basic job is to decide right now what is the most important thing, right? And so the way the brain does that is it actually filters out a lot of it. Like right now I'm I'm speaking to you, but my brain's not really thinking about what I'm saying. It's thinking about what I'm going to say next. And it's not really thinking about, like, right now, if I listen, I can hear some of the fans in the auditorium. If I think about it, I can feel, you know, the weight of my body on my feet. I can I can see all of these lights and different things. But my brain, its function is basically to filter all that out and hopefully focus on what I'm saying. And hopefully you're at home and your brain is filtering out all the distractions that you have at home. And you're focused in on what's happening, right? So... Our brain, are you, no? Okay. <laughs> Murray's talking, but now I know what, how Pastor Roy feels. He was telling me that I was behind the camera last week, and every time I talked, it totally distracted him. So now I know how he feels. See, my brain didn't do what it was supposed to do there and didn't filter out Murray talking. So all that is to say this. When we approach a decision, what our brain is going to do is, is, is by default, take the easiest path. It doesn't want all of this other input 
into it because it's uncomfortable. Like when you take the blinders off that horse and 360 de- or 350 degrees of, of view come in, that's uncomfortable. It, it, you, your defenses go up when you begin questioning a decision. Um, you know, it's amazing how if, if someone asks you something about a decision you've made, even if their question is, is totally just like, hey, I want to understand why you made this decision. If you're like me, your defenses go way up. You immediately feel like they're judging you, like they're questioning you, like you must have made a bad decision for some reason. They disagree with you, right? Because, and, th- and that's our kind of our wiring. Our brain does that. It, it, it filters things in to try to be efficient and to make decisions. But what that is good at is keeping us going the same direction. What it's not necessarily good at is making good decisions if we're not headed in the right direction. And so these questions are to help us take the blinders off, slow the decision down, and understand really why we're making that decision and hopefully make better decisions because all of that input is going to help us make a more accurate decision. I remember one time we were meeting, actually it was you know like just in the last couple of months, we were meeting as a staff here at the church, and we were talking about like it feels like we do every few weeks. How are we going to do Sunday, Sunday mornings? Because we change it and, and we try different things. And of course, the restrictions change and all of that. And as a, as a staff, we had basically come to a decision of how we were going to produce. Um, I think it was kind of the next few Sundays. Probably there was a change in restrictions. And how are we going to do this? Okay, we had landed. And then um, I, I really think God kind of prompted me with a question that completely reversed the, the decision. And we had, be, you know, we were like ready to pack up the meeting. And all of a sudden I was like, huh, if we ask this one question and it, and it was really about, you know, really why are we doing this? Who are we doing this for? And when, when we asked that question, it was like instant. Everyone shifted because all of a sudden there was this different perspective and it completely changed the decision, I think for the better. So questions can do that. So when we asked, when we ask well-placed appropriately timed, thought-provoking questions like the five we're going to talk about in this series. It allows us to make better decisions. So if you will ask these questions, answer them honestly, which is basically what we're going to talk about for the rest of this morning, and act on the answer, I really think that your life's decisions, your, your future, your alignment to God's purpose in your life is going to become tighter, and that's going to lead to you accomplishing what God um, wants to assign you to. So if you're not convinced yet to join us for the next few weeks, uh, uh, just one final point before we get into the first question, which is that the outcome of your decisions will outlive you. The outcome of your decisions will outlive you. You know, for some of you that are parents, you know, the most important thing you may do with your life may not be a decision you make. It may be someone that you raise. But the decisions you make in raising your kids, it's going to outlive you, right? And some of you may even wish that your parents or your grandparents had made different decisions because your life wouldn't have as much influence, challenging influence, as it does because of the decisions your parents made. And, and that's intense, maybe, but it is the reality that for better or for worse, the decisions that we make in our life are going to influence past our lifetime. Um, just this past week, uh, Heart of the Family has uh, some kids that are over here uh, in the church facility right now. And so sometimes I'll be walking through the facility and I'll, I'll go past a group of kids and they ask the coolest qu- questions. 
And I don't know what prompted this probably eight or nine year old, but he like, he just uh, like, I'm just walking by going to grab some equipment or something. And he looks at me and he's like, when was this, when was this church built? <laughs> and I'm like, I, like, where does this question come from? I thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, oh man, I, you know, I don't even know. And then as I was preparing for this, I was, I was realizing that, you know, we're, we're, we have this expansion offering that we're talking about right now. And, um, you know, 67 years ago, I looked it up, 1954, when this was first built, a bunch of people made a decision, for whatever reason, to invest all these resources in a building. And, you know, I don't, I don't know where that decision came from, but I like to think, you know, that they, they wanted to see God do something in this city. They wanted to see people impacted. And I think it's incredible to think, you know, the 67 years ago, so there's a, a very good chance that I would say maybe most of the people involved in that decision, they're not around anymore. But the impact of their decision is this. Like, we're, we're here in this building as a church and in some ways able to do what we're doing because of decisions that were made more than half a century ago. And so even as we consider this expansion offering that we're talking about, you know, it may seem like, well, what is the significance of maybe the, the little bit you feel like you could contribute whether it's, you know, we're talking about time, talents, and treasure, and the different ways you can get involved. But you have no idea what that, that decision that you make today, 50 years from now, who knows where this church could be as a result of the decisions that we're collectively making right now. So whether it's your kids, your involvement at your job, your involvement here at the church, that may seem like, like how, how is this going to be significant half a century from now? I... I would guess that the people that built this initially had no idea that this would be that that there would be a church like this having the impact that it's having more than half a century later. And I just think that's so cool the impact that we can have. So um just to recap, decisions, they determine the direction and the quality of our lives. They're our responsibility. There's a correlation between good decisions or good questions and good decisions. And the outcome of those decisions that we make, it's going to outlive us. And so I talked about the importance of asking those questions and answering honestly, which leads us to our first question, which is the integrity question, which is all about answering the questions honestly. Because, you know, these five questions are great for us to ask, but if we're not answering them honestly, they're not going to have the effect that they're supposed to. And uh, it seems kind of funny, you know, because we're asking these questions of ourselves. And if you haven't thought about it a whole lot, you may think, why would I lie to myself? Like, I'm asking these questions of myself. Why would I lie to myself? But the surprising thing is how, how incredible of a salesperson we are to ourselves <laughs> um, when you really think about it. And I know that I like to think that I'm better at making purchase de purchasing decisions now but before I was married especially, um, I was not great at it. And when I thought back about, you know, decisions like, like buying a new computer or a, a phone or audio equipment or, you know, whatever, I was really good at convincing myself that it was something I needed to buy, right? So it's interesting how our brain seems able to take something that we want and kind of upgrade it to a feeling that we need that, right? Like, oh man, I, I feel this so strongly. Like, um, let's say I were to break my phone and I need a new phone, which even that could be argued. 
I don't just feel like I need a new phone. I feel like I need the latest iPhone, whatever it is. And I don't know why I feel that when I really think about it. Why do I feel this, you know, intense need of that? And maybe you're like me in that sense. And so what happens is we go from something that we may want or may be kind of important and our brain like upgrades that. And all of a sudden we're convincing ourselves not why we want it, right? We know we want it. We want it for whatever reasons, but our brain starts convincing us that it's something that we need, you know, that this phone is going to somehow impact the way that my life unfolds and, and I'm going to get things done more quickly. I'm going to take better pictures and somehow that's something that I need, right? And, um, you know, it's, it's something that we're even kind of working on sometimes with Everest, our four-year-old. You know, he'll come in, oh, I need, I need a snack. It's like, no, you don't need a snack. You ate food 15 minutes ago. You don't need a snack. You want a snack. And uh, it seems kind of silly, but I realize that the, the reason that we go through that, even with him, is, is partly it's a politeness thing, but it's partly so that he can begin to distinguish a need from a want, which is so, so important for us to be able to do that. And so we're so good on, at selling ourselves of things that we want as something that we need. And so the question that is going to help us unpack that is to ask this first question, which is, am I being honest with myself? So question number one, the integrity question is, am I being honest with myself? And you're seeing that, you know, dot, 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 really. So this is a question that's great to ask twice. And the first time, you know, am I being honest with yourself? And then take the time to ask it again, but say, really? Why am I buying this? Really? Why am I frustrated with them? Why am I frustrated with them? Really? Why am I procrastinating? Why am I procrastinating? Really? It's, it's very hard to answer that question without feeling attacked, without feeling um, a sense of pain. And that's kind of, you know, the first point is the hardest thing about making good decisions is being honest with ourselves. Um, and then the second point there is that, that feeling bad temporarily is worth it if it means a better future. And it's important for us to be honest about that fact that when we begin to ask these questions of ourselves, it, we start to kind of feel bad. It feels judgmental. And, and so I want, I want you to kind of recognize that that's how you're going to feel when you begin to ask these questions honestly. But it's okay because the long-term impact of these decisions is for the better. Um, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, I apologize that I'm kind of jumping around a little bit here, but uh, Jeremiah identified this, and, and the way he said it is, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And that word deceitful there is, that's a really strong word. You know, he didn't just say that the heart is, you know, foolish, or even that the heart is just not honest but that the heart is deceitful, that the, the heart, our heart, your heart and my heart is actually proactively manipulating us, if you want to think about it that way. And that's kind of that thing that we feel when we start to sell ourselves on what may be a bad decision. And actually, that sense that you're selling yourself is the first red flag that should go up, that it's probably not a good decision because, you know, we very rarely have to sell ourselves on a good decision, Right? <laughs> Like, if it's a good decision, then you don't need to convince yourself of it. There are good reasons, and, and usually they're pretty obvious. But as soon as that salesperson kicks in and starts to tell you all of the reasons why this is okay, 
then that's a good indication this isn't a great decision. Um, so the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So this question is going to help us begin to understand. And, um, you know, an example for me, I remember um, some of you know kind of the backstory of my wife and I that um, a few years felt like forever before we started dating and got engaged, I actually asked her out and she said no. And so we were in this situation, we had just done an internship together, we were good friends, and I felt, you know, like I, I wanted there to be something more. And so I asked her, and she said no. And, and then years passed before there would be an opportunity for us to develop the relationship that grew into our marriage. And uh, I remember in those dark days, as I refer to them as, that, you know, if, if I'm honest with myself now, that desire was there. And there was always this feeling of like, well, you know, maybe I could convince her into it. Like she said no, but, you know, maybe. And I remember one time, and I don't even remember the context for the conversation, but I was meeting with Pastor Roy, and and the topic came up. Probably he was wise enough to uh, kind of identify w what I was probably feeling. And he asked me something along the lines, I think I was actually maybe going to hang out with, uh, so she's from the States, I was going to hang out with a circle of friends in the States. And he asked something along the lines of, like, why, why are you, why is that happening? Why are you over there? And it, it, it was kind of a question of like, why are you wanting to spend time with her really? And uh, I remember God kind of using that question to speak to me and to kind of really challenge me that I needed to let go of that opportunity for a relationship and be able to say, God, you know, you know I feel this desire, but she said, no, I want to be able to let that go. I don't want to be, you know, constantly for the rest of my life, maybe, like, frustrated by the situation. Um, and what's interesting is that after that, you know, years later, our, you know, we, our relationship grows into something, and we get married. And one of the things that Britt would say is that the reason she was even open to a relationship at that point is that we had stayed good friends without any strangeness around it. And so it's amazing to me to think about how like the deceit, it was so subtle. I was unaware of it until the question was asked that there was something there that really I think could have derailed my potential for a future relationship with her. And it's amazing how subtle those things are, how we don't even realize them, and how, you know, it's great to be able to ask these questions of ourselves. But um, if you have good friends around you, hopefully they're asking you good questions at the same time. So number one, the hardest thing about making good, difficult decisions is being honest with ourselves, first of all. And that's the reason for this first question. And then feeling bad temporarily is worth it if it means a better future. Um, and, um, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I, I'm going to close shortly here. But, you know, when we begin to ask ourselves questions, and I'm thinking specifically about this expansion series that we're talking about, and I don't want to use this as a... I'm not trying to manipulate anything, but I'm trying to challenge something in you and hopefully raise these questions in your heart. But I was thinking, you know, and I can ask this of myself, why do I struggle worshiping right now, really? And, you know, I want to say that it's because I'm watching on a screen at home and it's distracting and there are all of these things, which are real influences. But if I'm really honest with myself, it's, it's that I, I feel uncomfortable in that setting, worshiping the way that I would on a Sunday morning. 
And and that, in a sense, makes me feel bad, right? It makes me feel like, ah, oh, I haven't measured up to something. But as soon as I can take responsibility for that, it can change. So maybe, you know, to ask another question, you know, why haven't you signed up for a dream team yet? Really? And there may be a great reason for that. And I want to challenge you to really ask yourself about those things. Why have you maybe just dismissed the idea of giving towards the expansion offering, really? Again, there may be great reasons for that, but asking ourselves those questions honestly, even though it may feel uncomfortable and you may feel those defenses go up and all those excuses and reasons that may be valid, but you owe it to yourself just to be honest about what that decision is. And so I want to encourage you, just begin asking those questions. And, and the last point here, I won't spend a lot of time on, but our permanent heart condition requires constant supervision. So in Jeremiah, he says that the heart is beyond cure. And, and that's important. It's the, if we think back to the example of the houseplant, you know, we're not going to cure the houseplant of needing water. This is something that is going to require constant, intentional supervision. It's, it's like our brains are always trying to put those blinders on. And although we can get to a point where hopefully we're making better decisions without thinking about it as much, there's never an autopilot where we don't have to be asking ourselves these decisions on a regular uh, basis. So, decisions are important. They impact our lives. They impact the future past us. Questions are going to help us make good decisions. We're going to talk about five awesome questions. And this first one that we're talking about today is, are you being honest with yourself? Are you being honest with yourself? Really? And I'm, I'm going to wrap up with, uh, and I want to kind of challenge you with a few example questions that may just kickstart some decisions you don't even realize that you're making on a regular basis. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to ask a question, and this is kind of more for those of you that may be new, and I wanted to ask, why are you watching the stream right now, really? And uh, if you've been watching for a while, then you would know that at the end of just about every service, we give an opportunity for you to, the way we say it is, give your life to Jesus. And if you're watching right now, and maybe you're feeling like, I don't even know how I ended up watching this. Or maybe someone invited you, and you're like, I'm watching it, but it's just because they, they asked. I want to kind of challenge you to, to practice what we're talking about this morning and ask yourself, why are you still watching the stream this morning, really? And, and the reason I, I want you to, to maybe wrestle with that question is that I believe you're watching this because God's reaching out to your heart, because he loves you. Because he wants you to have a relationship with him. And maybe that sounds weird to you, or maybe you've heard that before, but you, but you, you don't believe it, you don't think it's possible, or, or maybe you've disqualified yourself and you said, that sounds good, but that's not me. I could never be that. I want to, this morning, tell you that nothing you have done or will do can disqualify you from having the peace and the joy that we were singing about in worship this morning that God can give you through a relationship with him. And we don't want to miss an opportunity for, for you to have that. And so this morning, what I'm going to ask you to do is, is if you're saying, you know, maybe if you answer that question, honestly, you're here because you're feeling hopeless or you're feeling helpless, you're feeling powerless in your life, or you're feeling like, what's, what's the use? What's the point? I want to help you answer that question by inviting you to ask Jesus to come into your life. Because I believe, and I know many, if not most, of the people watching and commenting right now 
are are in a relationship with him because that's the hope that we can find. That's what we were designed for as humans is to have a relationship with him. So if that's you, I'm just going to to pray um, kind of an example prayer of how you could begin this relationship. And it may seem silly. It may just seem like words. You may feel like I'm just sitting at home. How could this make a difference? But I want, I want to just encourage you that God can do su- something supernatural this morning right now or whenever you're watching this. Maybe you're watching this years from when this started. I want to encourage you that, that God wants to meet with you right now. So you, you can repeat after me or you can pray something like this in your own words and just say, God, I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I can't do it on my own. I need supernatural help. And this morning or this evening, whatever it is, I invite you to come into my life. I want to make you the Lord, the, the manager, in a sense, the boss of my life because I know that I can't do it on my own. And I thank you that you will do that. And in, in faith, in the confidence that it's true, I, I accept you in and I begin my new life today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that, I just want to congratulate you and say, you know, thank you for being willing to open yourself up that way. Um, I also want to ask you if you would just put, I, I prayed or I made that decision in the comments for two reasons. The first one is for you. Um, and the reason is that I want you to solidify what you just did by putting something like that in the comments and just to, to, to put it in. And, and there's a faith thing there where, where you're saying, I, you know, I want this for me and putting it in. That's a decision. That's a step that you can make towards this new relationship. And the second reason is for us, we want to celebrate with you. If we were all in the room here together, we would be asking everyone to put their hands up and we would be clapping and cheering and celebrating that. So we'd love for you to do that. And that also gives us an opportunity to connect with you and to help kind of set you on a path where your journey is going to lead you closer and closer to the Jesus who loves you and wants the best for you. Just before we close, I want to kind of come back and ask all of you to to make this decision this week as we begin this series. And the decision, decision number one is, I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad for myself. I won't lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad for myself. And here are some maybe painful, maybe intense questions for you to consider this week. Um, Why are you buying that, really? Why do you continue to go out with him or her, really? Why are you considering divorce? Really? What's the real reason that you don't call your kids or your mom or your dad or your siblings? What is the reason you don't relate to them anymore? Really? Why haven't you joined a small group? Really? Why don't you get along with them anymore? Really? Why don't you ask for help? Why don't you ask for help? Really? Why don't you trust them? Why don't you trust them, really? I know there's a, those are some maybe intense questions. Maybe none of those ring true for you. But if they do, I want to kind of give you the opportunity to let yourself off the hook. You don't have to change how you decide, but you owe it to yourself to be honest about why you're doing what you're doing, why you're making the decisions you're making. Take the blinders off. Don't just go in a straight line because it's the easiest, but use these questions 
as a way to help you align yourself with what God wants for your life. And, and although it may be painful in the short term, I want to encourage you that good decisions consistently over time can change our lives, can change the outcome of where we are, and can actually do something in the kingdom, in the world around us that's going to outlive us. So Harvest, thank you for joining us. Thank you for leaning into this series. Thank you for just being so encouraging. And uh, thank you for your consideration of how you want to get involved in, uh, in our expansion series and kind of all of the different things that we're doing. And, um, and I just want to say God bless. Have an awesome week. And we'll see you online for question two of the series next week right here online. Turn